episode 415 of the Pop Culture Roundtable, the podcast that still thinks that sliding into your DMs means reaching out to your dungeon master for a role clarification before the next campaign session. In this episode, we talk about Brass Birmingham, Sue Veed, and the Dead South. I'm Andrew Sale. I'm Lauren Rubin. I'm Patrick Hill. So roll for initiative, because it's time for this adventure to begin. Critical fail! Net 20! We like to kick off every episode by going around the table, which is where we talk about something new, fun, and noteworthy about our weeks. I want to start off this week because I very rarely do that. Um, this yeah. week has been uh, a really interesting week. The weather has been truly like all over the place. And we talked about that a little bit um, last week or the week before uh, about how crazy the weather was. I think it was two weeks ago. Um, but because of that, I've been watching a lot of TV uh, and – I have to be honest, I don't actually feel great about this, but I watched the entire (laughs) season 10 of MasterChef in less than four days. (laughs) It's a 25-episode, 41-minute-per-episode show. Yeah. Um, That's a lot of commitment to to that show, but... (laughs) I absolutely. I'm really glad you liked it enough to do that. Yeah, I did. I I, I liked it a lot, actually. Yay! Um, but I told you to remind me, like it. I, I do. I have it in my notes. Okay. Ask Andrew about MasterChef. <laughs> I was watching it so much that it inspired me, right? Yay. Not inspired me to go cook something, but inspired mm. me to go out uh, and go to Longhorn Steakhouse and buy a steak and garlic yeah. mashed potatoes <laughs> and uh, get crispy uh, crispy sprouts uh brussels sprouts yes. and it was like i'm like i have to have a steak like i've seen people mm-hmm. i've seen people cook uh steak for the last four days straight i i need to do that so uh, i went and did that so it, this show is great i mean it's yeah. it's cool um i think the only thing that bugged me and is maybe because i watched it in such rapid you know succession um mm-hmm. is th- the amount of times they referred to the epicness of season 10 <laughs> They were very like, <laughs> like okay, yeah. we get it. It's this is a big deal, and I get it. It it was a big deal, but it was um mm-hmm. yeah. Besides that, I absolutely loved it. Like uh, really, really did. Um, couple Dang. of things. I got a uh, several weeks ago. Lauren, you brought this um, uh, master category where you were talking about. I think it's called lively. Was it called lively ghosts? Lively ghosts. As a pin yes. maker, we were talking about like pins. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Well, uh, we talked at length and kind of gushed and oohed and odd over this uh, this particular pin um, that mm-hmm. they did. That was this like mix of all these different types of um, enamel that they put all like all of these techniques they put into this one pin of jaws. Um, well, mm-hmm. our good friend Doc, I just went out to the mail the other day and. This just randomly showed up, and here is the pin. He sent me the pin. It is massive. I don't know if you can tell. Yeah, it is big. It is a very large pin, but it is awesome in person. Can I describe this I didn't realize it was that big, but it's beautiful. The pin uh, is actually a ship in a bottle, and they've just hot glued a... uh, (laughs) A shark. (laughs) Yeah, no, they've hot glued the the pin backer to it so you can affix it to your jacket. But ultimately, it is just a full-size bottle 
hanging yeah. from your jacket. It, it looks like <laughs> Lauren could actually fit in the bottle. Like that's the yeah, it's pretty close. Uh, <laughs> actually, you could probably do some pretty fun like photo shoots with it if you had the right lens, where someone stands further back and then it looks like they're on the bow of the ship because it is that clear enamel. That would be kind of fun. Oh yeah, um, that, that would be awesome. So thank photo you. Day. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so, lively ghost. <laughs> uh, so thank you, uh, Doc, for that. And he also sent me this uh, Mickey Mouse. Oh, that one's uh, cute. Very or not so very, not so scary Halloween. Um, are pumpkins, pumpkin- melons. Pumpkins are not melons. A squash, right? They're a, they are a gourd. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, but a gourd, gourd is not the same as a melon. No, I would think a I melon. Don't think so, I think it's like a fruit and vegetable versions. You know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't think it's a melon. Good question. Though. I don't know what the difference between okay, them are. Okay, the main difference is I just I had to look this up real quick. <laughs> the main differences between melons and gourds are in their general uh, edibility. That seems important. And uses while most melons are edible, not all gourds are edible. Isn't that the same <laughs> that sentence? Is, that is the same <laughs> sentence. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So you can't eat all melons or they gourds. They need like X right? number of words, so they're like trying to they like repeat themselves. Like, and but, then while but, but most saying it differently, no, it mm-hmm. doesn't get better. While most melons have mainly culinary uses, gourds are typically used in making crafts. But again, you can eat them as well. So typically, yeah. is mainly yeah, I, yeah. That's it's a little it's a little loose on the on the old definition. Either way, mm-hmm. uh, he he got me those two pins and a really lovely little note that um, I read the note first and he was dropping hints of what he had gotten me and he put like all these like puns and things into it for me to get it. <laughs> uh, and it was, it was just a sweet, it was just sweet. It was a nice gift. So thank you doc for that. Um, and then uh, I got some, you guys are, you guys know I'm familiar. You guys are familiar with the fact that uh, Dwayne, the rock Johnson and I are pretty much best friends. Like you guys know. Oh that. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I finally got a hold of he just he just released a couple months ago this his own like healthy energy drink, um, mm-hmm. and it comes you know it's packed full of vitamins and and things like that and antioxidants and things electrolytes. Um, it's called Zoa. Can you see it right there? Ooh, it's called Zoa, uh, and I got all of the flavors. There's one that I wasn't able to get because they didn't have it. They only sell it on Amazon on their website on the Zoa website and then at GNC. So like the only in-store place oh. you can get it is at GNC. Um there's a GNC right around the corner so I went. It's not cheap. It's like 2.99 per can, which is pretty expensive. Is um, it tasty? It it's it's tasty enough. Uh this is the sugar-free one, so like it only has 15 calories in the whole can. So it's it's sugar-free energy, but it it does have all these vitamins packed into it. It has camu camu um and mm-hmm. like i said like electrolytes and then i vitamin c b c b and d um there's it, there's a lot p- kind of packed into it it does have a little bit of vitamin-y flavor to it um the sugared one might have a different a different taste profile to it but uh this one is the wild orange but there's like five other flavors as well um mm-hmm. i'm not done with this i'm just not done with this yet I've done some more research on melons and gourds and pumpkins. He didn't hear anything I said about the rock. Go ahead. You're talking. You're talking about. You're talking about rock juice, and I don't care about rock juice right now. Okay. What I care about is that the word pumpkin. Listen to this, okay? The English word pumpkin is derived from the ancient Greek word pepon, which <laughs> means melon. 
the word pumpkin literally is from the word melon. On top of that, gourds include the melon family. I think a pumpkin is a melon. It's I think there's like, a, there's a strong enough there's a strong enough argument in your favor. I would say. I like that they're very closely related. It's just the way people use it is gourd is the inedible thing, and melon is the edible thing. But they're apparently very closely related. And again, the word pumpkin means melon. All of this is important because I wanted to make the joke, you got a Mickey melon. It's not even a joke. It's just an alliteration. And now I can say it because yeah. I have I have verified that that is an, uh, a correct thing to say. So, uh, so yeah, it's it's good. Um, it's good enough. I'll say it that way. Like if you if you are averse to vitamin flavors, um, then don't do it. It does give you a little bit of an energy boost. It does. Uh, it's nice to know that it's not full of like crazy caffeine and crazy amounts of sugar and all of these things that are going to leave you wired. It gives you energy, but it's not. It's it's not like um, you're not you're not ticking at the end of it. Your eyes aren't you know flickering back and forth so um yeah so i would say if if that's something that you're into if you if you work out or um you want to just try it try it it's it's not an everyday drink it can't be because like i said it's three dollars a can um yeah so it's like a every third day i'll drink one maybe um sure. so and then finally this is for you patrick um did you see that they Ooh. dropped today dear evan hansen movie trailer I did watch it, but I want to talk about this. I have a hot take on this. Okay. His face looks effed up. His face, I, looks, I, his face looks very sad. I, do, it look, I, think it, I haven't seen this yet. It looks like he has prosthetics, <laughs> like some type of like facial prosthetic, prosthetic whatever. Mm, I yeah. ha- pronounce it the way a normal person pronounces it, but you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. And I don't know if it's to make him look younger or less like himself or more, but like his his eyes look oddly hollow. His 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 cheek structures off. Like I'm excited to see the movie. I teared up during the trailer, even though the trailer gives way too much away. It's the yeah. entire plot of the film in order. Yeah. All oh, the way I'm through. really glad I did not watch don't, it then because like I've avoided listening to the music and everything too because like I'd rather do it that way. I had no. So I've listened to some of the music. And uh, I still didn't know that that's what the story was about. It did give away the whole story for sure. It's one hundred percent the story. Um, oh, but okay. it looks it looks incredible. His face looks messed up though. I I was so thrown off by his face in that whole trailer. But I bet here's here's my thought though, Patrick. I feel like that's probably more indicative of somebody who's going through what he's going through than him looking healthy and bubbly and whatever. Like he's he looks like somebody who suffers from depression, anxiety, social disorders. Like he, he looks like somebody who is going through that. So um, I think Mm -hmm. if you're expecting the Ben Platt who looks bubbly and like the pitch perfect Ben Platt, you're not going to get that with this. And I think it's justifiably so for the role. No, he looks, Mm -hmm. he looks like dangerous. (laughs) I I don't know how to say like, because he looks so hollow and down and like whatever, like, he was very off-putting for me in the trailer. That's the point. That's what I'm saying. I think that's I, the point. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, whenever I say the phrase off-putting, I think of the word pudding, and then I imagine someone that's like weaning themselves off-putting. Yeah. Um, hey, I'm, 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 six, I'm six weeks off-putting. Off-putting. <laughs> I just want to let you guys know. Uh, because that's how you might come across off-putting if you're like fresh 
off the off the. <laughs> if you're fresh off the pudding, I was gonna say <laughs> sauce, but I doubt pudding's a sauce. But I'm gonna look this up in just a second to see. I'll bet. Wait, <laughs> how about this? How about this? Wait until my wait sauce. until my category, and then you can do it. <laughs> and then it you can do all your sauce. But I, I am excited for it. I I wish I, we had heard some of the soundtrack in the actual movie. At least some of the like they're saving all probably the big songs. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, right when they said that it's uh, one of the producers, um, I can't remember if it's a producer. Or what is uh, was also part of the Greatest Showman. Yeah, they're basically playing a track with yes. an arrangement that sounds identical. This is to the, the Greatest Show. <laughs> I mean, that's what it sounded oh. like in that. I in hated that, that too. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, oh, that has all the vocalists from the Greatest Showman, but they've they've swapped out Hugh Jackman with Ben Platt. <laughs> like that's the yeah. that was. <laughs> I had that exact same thought. Um, I'm very excited for it though. I've never seen the musical. Uh, this will yeah. be a great way of seeing it, uh, this adaptation. I hope it's good. Uh, it has some really good people behind it, um, and uh, it, it's not going to be an easy watch. I think there's – I mean, it's going to be pretty – it's going to mess with you. Like like, like yeah. Patrick said, like I, I teared up as well during the mm-hmm. during the trailer. So, yeah, don't watch it's it, Lauren, story. if you don't want the story to, to be kind of – tipped off for I you. didn't know that I yeah. could sing so many songs on that soundtrack and I had no idea what the story was yes I am so <laughs> bummed in my head I had put together what I thought the story was based mm-hmm. on all the music but I genuinely had no idea I I love spoilers I'm for sure bummed that I know it that, that I I know the angle now because it would be oh. so powerful to be surprised by it yeah yeah see my brother saw the play and he warned me he's like just wait till you can see it and I'm like that's fine with me. I'll do it. Like I waited yeah. for Hamilton. I can wait for this. <laughs> I didn't know they were doing a uh, a musical adaptation of it or a a movie yeah. adaptation of it. So I was just hoping I would get to see it eventually. Honestly, like you know, if it was touring or whatever. <laughs> if I remember right, the the person that um, ultimately um, I don't know if it had to do with securing the rights for the studio or pitching it or what it was. It's Ben Platt's dad. Oh oh, like I wonder if he, uh, I wonder if he had to read for the role. <laughs> <laughs> well, so there was there was fear with COVID happening that Ben Platt was going to age out of the role if they weren't able to start up shooting quick enough because they filmed mm. this uh, within the last twelve months, and so that that was a big concern of having what if we have to recast Ben Platt if if this takes you know too long years, for us to actually yeah. get this thing filmed, but they were able to get started soon enough that they were able to keep him in the role and go through with it. But I his dad i i believe is like the big man in charge on the project but when the film's actually coming out we come back and talk with it talk about it i'll have actually done my research and be able to tell you the exact relationships but i'm not saying it's nepotism because ben platt is terribly talented uh also he he was it was his it was his role. Like if you well, no, I still... no, I I know, but it's the point is there's more family involved. It's it, not just it would, ben, so. to me feel like if they if they were to right now do Wicked and not cast Idina Menzel, well, yeah. you know what though? You know what? I don't know though because well, like yeah, because it would have to be Kristen Chenoweth as well. But yeah, but but Kristen Chenoweth for sure looks older than high school. Like I feel I like Idina Menzel could could skew upper, you know, especially with her makeup and stuff because she's going to be yeah. green. It but. might be fun actually if it is all new people. Like to yeah. be honest, I will say this: this is all like. You know, one thing leads to another, leads to another, leads to another. But I saw mm-hmm. her. I this saw Idina Menzel. This is, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Idina Menzel, I saw her just fresh off of Wicked when she was in a show called The Pirate Queen on Broadway. It only ran Ooh. for like a couple of months. It was mm-hmm. the most expensive Broadway show per like per uh, per show because of mm-hmm. how many 
how many casts they had in the uh, in the ensemble, um, and we got the opportunity to go backstage and and uh, do like a Broadway classroom with a couple oh of the stars, gosh. not Idina, but everyone, like a couple of the other like uh, main actors. But I got to see her in person, uh, and she is freaking incredible. Like she's Aww. she's incredible. Anyway, That's so cool. All that said, I'm I uh, I am looking forward to Dear Evan Hansen. Um, mm-hmm. All right, uh, Patrick. I, I went and bought a phone. I haven't bought a phone in a few years. I had the uh, ten. Uh, I did the when I bought the ten. I like bought it outright, so it was paid off because I, I, you know, I didn't want to do this whole like pay forty five dollars a month thing that people are doing because I think that's ridiculous. Um, and and Apple does such a good job with with their backwards compatibility that their support that they offer. I mean, I think they still support all the way back to the five, uh, and and uh, even with their new like iOS and everything. So. For me to keep one for a few years felt like a good decision, but I finally recently got to the point that I think I just got bored. I wanted something else. Uh, I was disappointed I haven't fully broken it yet, even though it's like, you know, got a nice little set of cracks all over it (laughs) and uh, decided to go ahead and make a move. We were looking at at changing, uh, you know, who we use anyway. Um, That's none of that is important for this part. Okay, we go we go to uh, uh, the store. And we sit down, and while we're there, this this guy, and I shouldn't know any of their names, but if you talk loud enough, I'm going to learn your name. Jonathan comes in, and <laughs> Jonathan uh, very loudly let us all know that uh, he didn't have to have his mask on because he was double-vaxxed. The way he said it would, would be something along the lines of, like, don't worry, everybody, I'm, I'm good. Double-vaxxed over here. Like, very intense. Does double-vaxxed mm-hmm. mean he got both He's shots? Both or does that mean he got <laughs> Pfizer and Moderna? Like, Yeah. You know what? Either way, he was protected. So um, he's kind of talking to the whole store. Double-vaxxed. Well, Flu is, and influenza. <laughs> got them both, Jonathan people. Jonathan is mad because... Uh, he feels like he's not getting good service since he changed that T-Mobile SIM card. And so uh, Craig, again, I learned everybody's names because mm-hmm. everybody was very loud. Uh, Craig, who was the uh, rep helping him, they called up Sprint because, you know, Sprint and T-Mobile, they're like merging. It's owned by T-Mobile, but they still have their own sets of like reps and customer service and stuff. That back end is still split. Haha, <laughs> that's how I would describe a butt. Anyway, so... <laughs> They're talking to him, and Jonathan's getting louder and louder. I mean, Jonathan is all like, ma'am, ma'am, listen to me. I'm talking to your expert here on the ground, okay? I'm talking to Craig. Now, Craig's an expert. Craig's a good guy. I've been talking to Craig, all right? I don't want to talk to you about this. I need you to talk to Craig, and I need y'all to figure this out because I shouldn't be having to deal with this. All right, so that's one example. This went on for over an hour. Okay. My wife is texting me. Patrick, are you Patrick? Are you are you Jonathan? Is that where the story is going to end? <laughs> <laughs> just just save. By us the way, the, I do write under ju- a pseudonym. Uh, save us the journey. Just tell us, are you Jonathan? <laughs> I I want you to know that my wife just texted me and said your impersonation is too good. I'm having PTSD. This oh, goes no. on. This goes on for an hour. Okay. Jeez. Now, check out what happened at one point. Now, I need to tell you something real quick. Jonathan is white. I, race should not matter. Unfortunately, it's about to matter. Jonathan okay. is white. And when I say Jonathan is white, Jonathan is the color of the wall behind me. <laughs> this is alpine white. All right? <laughs> Jonathan 
gets so ups- like frustrated with this rep that at one time he turns over to a, to two black women that are sitting <laughs> two, on a two, bench two, to the side. Two, 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 two. <laughs> <laughs> and he go and like he's yelling across the store, and he goes, "This is why I hate white people. This is what I can't stand about white people." Talking to these two women over here. Oh my gosh! They, Jeez. of course. One of the women actually knows him. I don't know how many people hang out in the T-Mobile store, but apparently there's like a, a I don't know, maybe there's a weekly get-together I'm an, uh, unaware of. Is there a, a Slack channel that they, that they all have? <laughs> Honestly, like, M of One Slack is probably not nearly as exciting as, as you this. You guys are adventures at T-Mobile, yeah. <laughs> so, and later on, Jonathan tries to get this woman to give her a hug because by, by, apparently they did... After an hour and a half, someone caved and gave him a phone. And so they're just like, please leave this store. (laughs) I was saying, please leave this store. So did you have to like wait in line behind him? Is that why you witnessed this like entire thing for so long? I was sitting at a separate table with Michael, Mm -hmm. who was helping me very well. For an hour and Uh, a half, you were there? Because, okay, sidebar, side note, because I went on the day that they introduced their new pivot table system now or pivot system. Why do I know it's called a pivot system? Because I was there for an hour and a half. What happens when you're moving from Sprint to T-Mobile, normally if you're changing networks like Verizon and T-Mobile, they generate temporary numbers for you. They set your account up with the temporary numbers, and then they replace them with the numbers from the other account that you're moving. When you're moving from Sprint to T-Mobile, because they're owned by the same company, they're able to forego the temporary number setup, and they pivot your account. So they call it a, a, a pivot, like pivot software. They pivot mm-hmm. it to the new brand. The problem is they released a brand new pivot system the day we went, which we did not know, and it managed to delete all of our information out of our Sprint account and not copy it over to T-Mobile. And so there was a brief window of time where we just didn't have a phone account anymore. They ended up finally getting our numbers set up on T-Mobile, but we lost all our tenure. So it shows that we're brand new customers, even though we've already had, we had Sprint for almost three years. Mm -hmm. Now the benefit is, I can go do like a buy one, get one free Apple Watch right now if I want to because I'm a new customer. <laughs> that said, I'm not in the market for one, so it really doesn't affect me at all. Um, so anyway. Can you buy one for yourself and then I get the free one? If someone on the podcast would like to buy an Apple Watch and give me a free one, <laughs> we can arrange that. So yeah, That sounds like we all win. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, uh, so uh, all, the, all the rest of it aside, he was trying to get the woman to give him a hug. The woman was like, I'm not going to give you a hug. I'm old enough to be your mother. And then he's like, give me a motherly hug. And then she's like, I'm not doing this. It was all very, very awkward. Finally, Jonathan got his phone and left. And then collectively as a store, me, Craig, Michael, McKenzie, uh, I, gosh, I'm blanking on their name. I know McKenzie knows. I wish I shouldn't know any of these people's names. We literally just sat there, like 12 of us, and just openly talked about Jonathan for the next 20 minutes. We all went to P.F. Chang's and got dinner. (laughs) We got the lettuce wraps, and we talked about Jonathan for the rest of the night. We found and now you're going to hang out and go bowling I know, next we're, week. We now have New plans. Best friends. We have plans for the 4th of July. We're all going to go together. We're going to rent a pontoon boat. It's going to be anyway. incredible. So if anybody wants you're to name the boat to the Jonathan. Yeah, exactly. The SS Jonathan. If anybody wants an invite to the T-Mobile Slack, let me know. I am in the community now. I'm going there for... for uh, you to talk about your Jonathan sightings. It, it, absolutely insane. Absolute insanity, but it actually was pretty fun. Uh, side note, Michael did tell me they're no- located next door to a liquor store. He said it is pretty common that people come in with liquor and just openly drink it in the store. 
while they're shopping or buying phones. I have to imagine that's illegal. He said that he agrees. He he said he just looks the other way. (laughs) So if you need to see someone, go see Michael. He looks the other way. Yeah. (laughs) But my word, Craig is a patient man. Listen, I'll say this about Craig because Craig was the guy helping helping uh, Jay. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're going to give Mr. Craig J. a big old shout down, aren't you? Craig's never going to hear it. <laughs> Craig's never going to hear it. That is the that is the most incredible display of patience I have seen in a very long time. Uh, I was very, very impressed by how patient Craig was. But did he, Craig have a little fireball sitting next to him while he was doing <laughs> with all this? He had like eight empties yeah. while he was talking to him. <laughs> And I just realized Craig probably doesn't get a commission or anything. So Craig just took it for the Aww. team. But uh, good, good on you, Craig. Craig. So that's my random story. I did, by the way, got a, I got an iPhone I was like, what 12. phone did you get? The iPhone 12. Uh, <laughs> you got an Pro, iPhone got 5 because they, they still do service <laughs> for it. <laughs> Total yeah, cheapskate. <laughs> yeah, they gave me 600 for my other phone, and then I bought that one for 150 So I came out, came out ahead. That's yeah, pretty good. Yeah. That's not true. All right, Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> that's the cool. most exciting thing you did all week <laughs> wait Jonathan what adventure. what wasn't true the whole story or just that last part <laughs> <laughs> no my phone didn't cost 150 this phone's oh, okay. like 1150 are you i know like well that's oh. but i was Super wondering if expensive. you were like negating like that whole story wasn't true i thought i would just kind of just no, put it out was there all, for it you. was far too true i mean other yeah it's like mackenzie happened, even like, confirmed it did y'all see the kid robot uh space dunny that dropped by the way no no listen i I haven't bought a toy in a pretty long time. I've been very uh, reserved. But Kid Robot dropped a dunny called uh, The Stars. I cannot believe this is not sold out. It's an edition of 400. It is a it is a dunny in a sewn space suit that's like white and blue and red. And he has this shiny reflective gold mask that sits over his face. So it looks like the front of a, of a helmet. And it's an eight inch dunny. It's $100 even. I think this thing is awesome. It's an addition of 400 and it has not sold out. It's been released for several days now. Uh, I you bought almost, it? I have not bought it yet. Um, it, it's still, I'm still in that mentality from when I own my own business, which I'm coming out of, where mm-hmm. I really just could not spend money. Like There was no extra recreational money floating around. And uh, so I, I haven't been able to like mentally bring myself to purchase it. I love it. And uh, if it's still up in the shop, you know, a week from now, I probably will pick it up. $100 is pretty good for a figure that big, I think. Yeah, an and eight inch, but also with a sewn outfit. And I do. Yeah, think it looks that, really uh, cool. I do think that face mask is really awesome. I don't think they necessarily did a good job advertising because in the advertisement. That's probably why it's not sold out. You know, they do drop a video with it. But when you get the email, if you don't watch the video, it looks like it's a printed face mask with like a space scene on it because they're mm-hmm. trying to replicate what was reflected in like the moon uh, Armstrong's yeah in his helmet or whatever. But the reality is it's gold. So I I at first was like this is really weird, but when I clicked through to the page, I realized like oh it's like shiny gold like this is awesome. I wonder if that email image kind of threw some people off. All right, um, this week I know what I did. <laughs> uh, I went back home to St. Louis. Uh, it was my stepsister's wedding uh so congratulations lauren her name is also lauren so it's very confusing (laughs) um but it was fun i got to see like a lot of my family who because of covid and other things i some of them i haven't seen in like two years now so it was really nice to get to hang out and i feel like i got 
more hugs in the last week than I have in the last year. So that was really nice. <laughs> it was just a good time. Uh, ate a lot of pizza and toasted ravioli. No complaints. Uh, we watched uh, one movie while we were there with the family. We, we ended up doing a lot of stuff, so we weren't just sitting around. Um, but have you guys seen I Care A Lot on Netflix? Yes. Uh, so it's a movie uh, with, um, who's the girl from Gone Girl? Rosamund Pike? Yeah. Yeah, Rosamund Pike. I was going to say, I can and, tell you who's in it. I've seen the yeah. preview for it. Uh, mm-hmm. the trailer and Peter for Dinklage it, is the other notable yet. person. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really good movie, but like it makes you so angry. <laughs> like It's really hard to not like feel infuriated by the end. But I really liked it. It was a good movie. Were you um, angry at Peter Dinklage's character? Who were you at, angry like at? Like all the characters. <laughs> okay. So correct me. I haven't. I've only seen the trailer, but this is mm-hmm. the one that you're kind of led to believe this this kind of con woman is coming in trying to take over. Uh, she's pretending she's from the state, or she's trying to get like some yes. type of legal guardianship o- over an old lady. I assume exactly. to bilk her out of her money in her estate. Yes. Exactly. And she does this. That's like her business. She has like a yeah. whole thing set up where they're grifting like lots of old people. So yeah. um, it feels really sad because like they're really hurting these people. And they convince like the old, they convince the older the elderly that they are senile and they convince the, yeah. a judge that they are no longer capable of taking care of themselves. And so they become wards of the state. And mm-hmm. this is a privately owned company that mm-hmm. uh, takes them on. Yeah. It's, yeah, and I think, like, the saddest part is that, like, me and my brother were looking up stuff afterwards, and it's somewhat based in reality, and that's, yeah. like, very depressing. So yeah. uh, I wish people would not be that horrible because it's very sad. Um, yeah. But the movie itself, like, especially, like, as a movie concept is pretty fun, and it, I love seeing Peter Dinklage and stuff again. <laughs> we yes. don't have – before too long, we'll have Game of Thrones again, but <laughs> he won't be in it. He won't be in um, it. So another piece of news that I saw when I was coming back that I am super, super excited about since we're talking about movies that are coming out um, is that Attack the Block 2 is happening. Um, I saw John Boyega posted that um, he's going to be starring in it again and also producing the movie, which makes me really excited because Attack the Block is one of my all-time favorite movies. So the fact that it's getting a sequel with the original people and Joe Cornish is going to be directing and producing again, I think so. This is just like great news because Attack the Block is awesome. I don't think I've, I've ever talked about it. it on the. You never seen it? Mm-mm. Oh, it's so good. It's never. Def- oh, you guys, we gotta watch it. It's so great. It's um, it's John Boyega's like breakout role, and it's basically like teenagers in London versus aliens. It's really really fun. It's so funny. Like it's very like Edgar Wright vibes. Um, all his like usual people are in it. Um, I love that movie. It's super fun. You can rent it on Amazon now for just like three bucks. So. Totally, totally worth it. And it'll be a little while before this movie comes out, but Attack the Block is amazing. So totally yeah. recommend that. I know I put it in the quarantine stream like forever ago. So that was the last time I remember bringing it up. But keep an eye out for this one because it's really fun. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I saw that there was like, uh, I saw his reveal on like Get Fandom, I think. I don't follow John Boyega on Instagram, but they they did like a screen grab. And um, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I, th- I thought that Attack the Block was... I didn't realize that it was even a movie. <laughs> like, I've heard, I've heard it. I've heard it referred to from time to time within the pop culture sphere, but um, I don't know. It didn't doesn't sound like a title of a movie. Not only is it a movie, it's a very loved movie. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's so good. It's reviews. it's a really great movie. It's super funny. It's like the action is good. Like, it's great. And like John Boyega, this is like the first thing I saw him in, and like I think it's pretty much his breakout role. So like. Since then, I was, like, excited about him as an actor. And then, like, 
you know, like even in Star Wars, it's just like it's very cool to like see him get to go back to this. Yeah, yeah if we were going to get together and watch a film, th- this is a, this should be near the top of our list. Yeah, when you, this, when I you would come pick here this one. for when you come here in a few weeks for our our together time, mm-hmm. uh, and when we record, maybe that's what we can do. Yeah, do, I uh, think I have it on video, so that would also help. A true sandbox that would be great. Mm-hmm. We can all get together and do it. That would be fun. Awesome. Yeah, I've had a pretty uh, quick, like, basically most of my week was going to the wedding, so I don't have a ton of things to talk about, but um, hopefully next week I will. (laughs) All right. Well, then we will uh, circle that around and head over to our Master Categories. Master Categories each week are when we talk about the dice we rolled the week before that give us our categories. We pick our topics based on those categories. Patrick... I'm excited to hear what you have to talk about. I've been sitting here wanting this food category for so long. Yes. <laughs> I didn't get it, but I'm making it work. I got technology. I got technology from any time period. And the thing is, that's a category that can basically be wielded in any number of ways. I mean, send me things you think aren't tech-related, and I'll make them tech-related. That's what I'll do next time on the show. Um, okay, so I am going to end up talking about food, but I'll, I'll talk about food tech, and I'll talk about food tech that many of you probably aren't using, but I think should use, and that's a sous vide. Uh, For those not familiar, a sous vide is a water bath that you cook food in, and that's a, uh, it's a water bath that is very precisely temperature controlled. You put the food in, I was going to say airtight, I guess watertight bags, (laughs) and uh, (laughs) you you can put in seasoning, whatever you want to do, put an airtight bag, you put it in the water bath, and then the water is at the temperature you're trying to get the internal temperature of your food to. Yes, Andrew, I see that. Hand. Is it is it vacuum sealed or is it just is it just in can a bag be. that's kind of okay. It can be. Here's a trick if you if you don't have a vacuum sealer but you want it to be um, again tight like airtight or whatever, then if you'll actually put food in a Ziploc and if you'll start to lower that into a pot of water while the bag is un like unzipped, um, mm-hmm. obviously unzip side up then the water will actually push the air out of the bag. So you just dip it all the way to the zipper and then you zip it. And that gets you uh, uh, like that. It looks like it's vacuum sealed to get you a fully tight seal. So that's a, I, you can hmm. just use Ziploc bags. Oh, really? Okay. I thought you had to yeah. use like specialty bags because of the temperature it gets to. Nope. That's also you what I assumed. You don't have to. A lot of people use an Anova, which I put in the show notes. A lot of people use something like an Anova, which looks almost like a water pump. It clicks, it clips to the outside of a pot. You can use it with many different size and style pots. Um, a lot mm. of people just use Ziploc bags and Anova. Um, but the one I've been using, uh, I'm actually borrowing a sous vide right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not. I'm using like the sous vide Supremes. It's something I think Costco sold at one point. And, and <laughs> it, 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 the heating element... The water bath, the lid, it's all one unit together. Whereas, again, if you bought the Innova, you have to bring your own pot. You have to bring your own lid. You do need a lid, by the way, because water evaporates out pretty quickly. If you're not paying attention, like, your water level will go down too much. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, I'm using one contained unit, but you can get just the heating element if you want to. But yeah, I didn't so- actually know you could get just the separate element. I've only, like, seen it on TV, like, on, you know, like, Top Chef or whatever, when they have the little machine that you're talking about. Yep. Yep, you can get the standalone element. There's a couple out there, but like I said, that uh, I think it's a Nova. That's the one that everybody ultimately goes with and says is the one you should use, either because of um, uh, probably because of temperature accuracy and and uh, power and all that kind of stuff. It, that's the very common one. 
Uh, but what you do, like I said, you uh, you airtight bag. You can do it with a vacuum sealer, but you can also just use a Ziploc. Uh, you you put your your food in there. You can go ahead and season it. Put in if you want to put in like oil and butter and that kind of stuff. You can. But keep in mind that when you're doing a meat, none of the juice is leaking out, right? Because it's in a sealed right. bag. All of that thing's juices stay with it, which is really awesome. Um, so you don't necessarily need to add uh, any other type of liquid to something that you're doing that has a lot of natural juice. But anyway, uh, it doesn't have to be meat. It can do vegetables. But what's great about meat is that we always worry about undercooking or overcooking something, right? You don't want to undercook uh, a fish or, or, or particularly like chicken or something like that. Like we get really mm-hmm. concerned. And so a lot of us tend to cook it. Uh, until it's fully dead, we tend to cook it till it's dried out because we're so worried of of yeah. you know mm-hmm. <laughs> botulism or <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> um, but in the uh, and the the flip side, of course, is is uh, besides overcooking, is you you can get sick if you undercook it. So when you do a sous vide, you're setting the water temperature to the internal temperature you want. So let's say you're trying to get the internal temperature to 140. That's when you would pull it. You set your sous vide to 140. And then after a couple of hours, it naturally brings the temperature of the entire thing that you're cooking from top to bottom up to 140. The whole thing is a consistent temperature. You don't get really hot on the outside, like over on the outside, under on the inside. It's the same Mm -hmm. temperature all the way through. But what's amazing about it is you can't overcook it because the water is set to 140. The the thing you're cooking cannot get hotter than than the water, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Also, because none of the juice is running out, it isn't going to dry out. And so because of this, you can put a steak in a sous vide, and after an hour and a half or two hours, it's ready to go, okay? You can leave it in there for 12 hours, and it is still exactly the same as if you had pulled it at two hours. That's great. You could leave it in there for a couple days if you wanted to. I wouldn't, but my point is you cannot overcook it because it gets it to the temperature and it holds it there. Um, This is fantastic. Yes. How long does it typically take to like cook a piece of meat in there? Um, the ones we were cooking, I was letting them go for two hours. So it's okay, not something so where like dinner's at six. Let me pop out the pull out the sous vide at five thirty. Like it, that's not going to happen, yeah. right? It is something you have to plan ahead for, but um, not that it's like, not worth it. I'm just curious. Yeah, and so the process would be you put it in uh, the bath, you let it sit for, uh, and you can check the books. I. I Two hours feels good to me, so I let it go for two hours. At that point, I can pull it out. Now, it's perfectly cooked. It's done. You can eat it now. It's juicy. Great. It looks horrible. Okay, when something comes out of a yeah. sous like a like a meat, it is just this gray, ugly piece of flesh. It's it's terrible. But <laughs> here's what you And the thing is, it's the same texture all the way through. There's no crunchy bits. There's no There's none of that like crust that you want. So whenever you pull something out, you then still want to sear it. All right? Mm-hmm. So... The, the deal is you don't want to cook it. You just want to sear it. So the final step of, of running like a, a protein through a sous vide would be that you would want to get uh, a pan or a grill very, very hot. I mean, mm-hmm. very, very hot. Some people just Screaming. use like a searsaw or like a, like a blowtorch, basically. Mm-hmm. But uh, And then you would just want to 30 seconds on each side, put your crust on it, and then you call it a day. And that also uh, gives you that Maillard effect that actually um, – uh, where the the fat actually turns and renders the the way you want it to do. So that would be typically the process. So you will have to still spend another minute, minute and a half putting a sear on whatever you pull out. But mm-hmm. I've had a chance the last couple times. Um, so like I said, I got to borrow sous vide this past week. 
I've done salmon and I've done steak and I've and I've had a chance to have a sous vide steak before. Uh, it is incredible, and it's so hard to get it wrong. So you <laughs> you can't overcook it. It is going to be juicy. The only thing you can really mess up is if your grill's not hot enough when you try to sear it and you end mm-hmm. up cooking it more and not putting a sear on it. That's kind of the only thing you can mess up. And otherwise, yeah. I think it's the the best cut of meat I've ever had has been done uh, oh. using a sous vide. So that's the technology I want to introduce you to. It doesn't have to be meats. You can do vegetables. If you want to like mm-hmm. cook carrots and things like that, like carrots and potatoes and things like that, you can do them in a sous vide. Although you already just boil potatoes in a pot of water. We don't need to overcomplicate this. <laughs> You can do other things uh, in it, so you don't need to limit it. But for proteins, the things we get worried to cook, the things that we mm-hmm. always overcook and dry out, and they're only good when we go to a restaurant and spend $50, it can be good in restaurant quality at your house, sous vide. Mm-hmm. Last piece of this, uh, and this is what I'm most excited to cook. Andrew, uh, you'll remember we did a beef wellington one time at our house. Yes, I do. Uh, the, the, the trouble Speaking with of Gordon cooking, Ramsay. <laughs> yeah, the trouble with cooking a Wellington is that ultimately it's wrapped in pastry. I mean, it's it's wrapped in other things, but ultimately pastry. So you cannot see or touch the meat once it goes in the oven when you're puffing the pastry. So it is very easy to get the temperature of the meat wrong. With a sous vide, you can actually, and t- if you do a, a Wellington the way Ramsay would, they would use a sh- the cut of meat would be a Chateaubriand, which is a very expensive cut of meat for a That's size a of Wellington. For a size of Wellington that they do, well, the Chateaubriand is just the center cut. For the size mm-hmm. of uh, Wellington they do, that can be a $120 cut of meat. It's not cheap. So mm-hmm. the thought of ruining it <laughs> is terrifying. With a sous vide, you can sous vide your Chateaubriand. You can put it in, uh, wrap it, um, I'm sorry, put it in the fridge, cool it down and chill the center. Then you can wrap it in your pastry and bake it. By the time the pastry puffs, all you've done is warm up that cut of meat. You haven't actually cooked it anymore, but it's already cooked perfectly. Mm -hmm. So if you're worried about doing a Wellington, if you want to do a more complicated dish, but you're afraid of getting the temps wrong, sous vide can really come to the rescue. I'm very passionate about uh, Mm -hmm. a sous vide. And uh, I think you should uh, give it a try if you get a chance. Not terribly expensive. I've seen them anywhere from like $200 to $600. So there is a cost associated, certainly. But if you think of the use you would get out of sous vide versus maybe the use you would get out of uh, any other number of kitchen supplies that cost $400, (laughs) um, I I was thinking, or like buying a grill or something, um, I think you could get a lot of use out of it because you can use it with all of your proteins and it's going to make you feel like you're a master chef. Callback. How big is it? So the one I was using, uh, I want to say it, hold, it holds like a liter of water maybe. But mm-hmm. again, if you use the Innova, you can attach that to any container. Yeah. Um, the one I was using has like a rack with four slots. So you could cook like four steaks at a time. Or you could do four in the rack and one to the side. So you could do five at a time if you want to. Thing is, you have to keep in mind is you do need to know the temps of the people that are eating uh, the steak. Because like maybe a medium rare is like a 127 and a medium well is like a 134 or something like that. So... And then you need to make sure you stagger your cooking. So like you do the the well ones first, then you have mm-hmm. to lower the temperature of the water and then add the ones that are like medium. So there is a little bit of trick when you're like doing large amounts for people to make sure you're staggering things correctly and cooking correctly. Um, but again, the one I was using, I think I want to say holds like a liter of water, uh, but, th- but they're different sizes. You could go on Anova's website and see, I imagine they have a, 
a limit to like how large of a container you could use. So, all right, Lauren. All right. Uh, so last week I got future music, and uh, it probably would have been a really good idea to do Dear Evan Hansen, but I didn't think of that. <laughs> uh, but I am gonna uh, stretch this just a tiny bit and say this is the music I will be listening to in the near future since I found a new band that I like. Um, so. I mentioned last week that I went to the ballet and one of the things that they showed when they did this was things that they'd been working on during the pandemic. And they teamed up with this band called the Dead South to do ballet performances to their music. Now, their music is not typical ballet music. It's bluegrass. So it was really fun to see the like combination of like ballet with like non-traditional music. I really thought that was fun. Um, So I definitely remembered this afterwards and wanted to look up the band. Um, and it's a really fun band. I really like them. Um, they have several albums out. Um, I just found out about them, so I'm kind of catching up on it. I don't really know like a lot about them, but I wanted to read the description that they had on their own website because this is pretty fun. Um, <coughs> so it says, The Dead South, a gold rush vibrating four-piece acoustic, acoustic set from Saskatchewan, infused the genre's traditional trappings with an air of frontier recklessness, whiskey breakfast, grizzled tin pan showmanship. Their sound, built on a taunt configuration of cello, mandol- mandolin, banjo, and guitar, speeds like a train as po- past polite definitions of acoustic music into the grittier, rowdier spaces of the bluegrass world. Uh, <laughs> to kind of shorten that and say, like, what I think they, like, remind me of is sort of like Mumford and Sons, but, like, a lot, like, kind of more energetic, I would say. Like, very, like, bouncy music. I think it's, like, really fun to, like, drive around and listen to this and, this, like, when the weather's nice now, it's, like, great like summer music I feel like so I've been really just kind of digging this like the last couple of weeks um I'm gonna definitely put a link to all of the videos that the ballet did as well because it's just fun to see like the music combined with the dancing like I've never really um seen like so they do have far. they do have video of some of the stuff that you watched yeah mm-hmm. okay. so yeah these were like the music videos that they did basically for the band's uh couple of songs so but then they also did like a series where like the ballerinas kind of made up their own um, routines, I guess, like two gotcha. different songs that they did. And I really like enjoyed watching those today. I didn't realize that they had done more than just like the music videos that we got to see during that ballet performance. So um, this is like a fun new band to check out, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. I like I like Mumford and Sons quite a bit. I like bluegrass in general. I used to play bluegrass. Uh, oh, that's cool. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I used to play the mandolin. Oh, I didn't know that. That's really cool. Uh, well, I have links to all this stuff in the show notes so you guys can, like, take a listen. But uh, hopefully you'll enjoy this band and have some new music to listen to for the summer. Absolutely. So, bluegrass is a good summertime jam sesh, too. Yeah. That's so why I was, like, really liking the, like, windows down when the weather's been nice and, like, mm-hmm. having this music, it, like, feels right. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. <clears throat> All right. All yours, Andrew. All right. Here mm-hmm. we go. Keeping I'm it quick. Take this, I'm going <laughs> to take this home. So uh, we played a game this past week. I think, Patrick, you mentioned it on the show many moons ago um, that you had gotten it, but we hadn't we hadn't played it yet. We finally played it a couple of times this past week, and that game is called Brass Birmingham. Uh, I rolled a 20 and a 4, so I could do whatever I want from whenever I want. Uh, and so uh, this is a game that we've played a couple times, and I, I want to talk about it. Uh, so the game is, uh, here's like kind of the overview. Brass Birmingham tells the story of competing entrepreneurs in the West Midlands during England's Industrial Revolution between the years of 1770 and 1870. 
Um, and it takes place uh, between these two eras. The game is kind of comprised of two main eras. The first era is the canal era, where all of these industries are um, are able to travel back and forth. Uh, you know, the shipping methods and things like that are, are able to happen only via canals. So uh, with boats, and you're laying down these boats in order for you to be able to connect um, these different industries on the board. Um, and then you halfway through the game it switches and you pull all of that stuff off the board and you are then in the rail era and so um there are railroads that are on the board that connect some of the same locations uh and you can only lay railroads um or rail cars in between to to make that to make those paths and link everything together uh, in that second half so brass birmingham is a it's a competitive heavyweight hand management network building and economic game so you're going to be building you're going to be uh <laughs> creating things building uh, uh abilities to create resources and then using those resources to build more things and you're trying to you're trying to develop um these different industries so the industries would be breweries uh potteries um uh coal Ironworks, uh, what's the, there's a, what's the, what's the, it's just not general tapestry. goods. There's one. That's yeah. There's just, just general goods. goods like crates, but then what's the, what's the building? The building is, um, uh, is that cotton mills? Cotton mills. Yes. That's what it is. Cotton yeah. mills. So those are the different, those are different things. So the way that the game, uh, functions or like the, the, the practical functionality of it is you have all of these, uh, like your tableau essentially is, all of these different industries laying on a mat and they start at like the base version of that. And then they, they get more expensive and therefore more powerful and therefore net more um, abilities to earn money and points at the end of the game as you go. And so you, you develop these in industries and then as you continue to go, you can overdevelop them or overbuild them. So you can build a bigger brewery on top of the first brewery that you had. So that gets you more, it okay. nets you more beer. You need the beer. Um, beer is actually a very, very powerful commodity in the game, actually. Mm -hmm. um, and you essentially use beer, coal, and iron to to make purchases and to do various actions within the game. Um, it's beautifully drawn. It's beautifully illustrated. It, the, the map and the tableau is exactly the same, but it's two-sided. One side is daytime, and the other side is nighttime. Um, but it's beautifully illustrated, and the tableaus mm -hmm. are the same. So, like, your tableau, if you're playing oh, the nighttime cool. version, then you have a, a nighttime version on your tableau. You flip it over, and you have a daytime version. Um, is that, like, part of the game, or you, like, play different rounds? No, nope, um, it's just, in it, each it's side? literally just aesthetic, aesthetic what, whatever oh, that's you want cool. it to look like. Um the uh, the deluxe version of this game that Patrick has is available right now, and there's a link to it in show notes. Um, it comes with instead of just like wooden tokens to to uh, to represent the money, it actually comes with clay uh, like poker chips, like poker style yeah. chips. The, oh, the brand cool. chip is called an iron clay. That's an the iron clay. it is a brand that I've. They actually had a standalone Kickstarter where you could kickstart just iron clays. Yeah, but I oh. guess they're partnered with Roxley. 
for doing the deluxe edition. Now, the deluxe edition, by the way, you can only buy through Roxley's site. Yes. So if you want to get the deluxe edition with the Iron Clays, you that's need to link. go directly to right, and Roxley's that's the link site. that's yeah. in that's the link that's in the, the game. Uh, it when gotcha. when it says it's a heavyweight game, it very much is a heavyweight game. Now the actions that you can do are, are relatively simple. They're they're not terribly difficult. However, there's lots of when you're reading the rules and it tells you here's what happens in the in the game, and then you regularly see the word with the exception of. Um, there's lots of little things you have to be paying attention to. It's not for the faint of heart. Um, that being said, it's not a hard game to play. It's just, it's heavy in the investment. Yeah. I I think Mm -hmm. that's probably a good way to put it because board game geek out of a five. So five being the heaviest and I assume a zero being the lightest Yes, light meaning, um, I, the game would be like pick up, you flip over 52 card (laughs) pickup, you know, exactly. And then, uh, and heavy, uh, obviously, that's complexity difficult. Uh, I, it's not a, a difficult game, and I actually don't know that there's... There are a lot of exceptions, but like the turn orders are very straightforward yeah. in, in how it actually plays. Um, it's I think it's just very heavy because of the breadth of choices you can make. It is going to be a long, long time before I think I've sem- cemented any type of heavy strategy on the game. Because it is well, your strategy so has to be your strategy strategy has to be flexible on some level because um, what other players do can dramatically affect what you are even able to do on the board uh, and the way that they do the turns it's not just back and forth you know in a uh, a clockwise deal every turn what you do on that turn ergo how much you spend on your turn uh, mm-hmm. determines who goes first in the next in the next turn or in the next round and the next round. And so um, you could go the entire game and Patrick could be in, could go first every single time because we spend more money than him, um, which puts, which puts him at an advantage, right? Or you can work it in such a way that you go last on one turn. So you're able to do your two actions, but you intentionally spend less money that turn so that you can immediately go again and have two more turns uninterrupted. You'd have four opportunities to do something. So there's a lot of tactic happening there. And uh, it's not a gotcha-style game in the sense where you can like play cards on someone, but you can strategically try to outmaneuver people by, by either um, filling up areas where industry can go to keep them from being able to play their own industries or kind of blocking them out by putting your rails or your canals in, in the way that keeps them from being able to score on those areas. So um, there's a lot to think about Patrick, you, um, you, this last game you won and it was very close, but for a while you thought you were like running away with it. What are your, (laughs) what's your takeaway on this game? Yeah, it it is interesting because um, because of how scoring works, and it's funny because scoring in some ways feels like a small part of the game. Like obviously it's important, but the actions that you take to score can feel very small compared to a lot of the other build actions that you're doing throughout the game. I mean, you you could uh, because there's uh, a few primary industries. And because of uh, what it takes to play the game, it's very unlikely that you're going to max out more than one industry within a game. Maybe you can max out two industries if you're developing a lot, which you'll understand more as you play the game. But that is to say that, uh, you know, 
there are some industries that you max out and that's still not as powerful. Uh, you know, you're you're spending 20 or 30 pounds in one round and that's still not as powerful as a, a five pound action, what it can net you if it's just you're at the right place in the right turn order. Yeah. And so it, it's just very interesting. I, I, I got to the point I was taking a lot of these very big, very expensive actions. Money was flowing very well for me. It's a good place to be in the game. And then all of a sudden, it, the tides within just a couple turns can shift very, very dramatically um, if someone else gets an opportunity. Because of the limited number of actions, because there's there's no way to... There aren't... There isn't really much luck involved that i would say like as far as everything's uh there's there's not like a card you can play that's going to grant you some type of opportunity someone doesn't get um mm-hmm. because of the way turn order works and the amount of money you have to spend and what it costs to do things many times the resources you create get consumed by other people uh and yeah. so uh, because mm-hmm. of that uh just because you have more money which is a good place to be obviously you take certain actions you can end up being the one that's funding everyone else's like points and scoring, right? <laughs> you know, it, yeah. if you get out of order and and things like that. So yeah, it's it's a it's very interesting. There's a lot to think about. There's a lot to consider. There's a lot to be aware of. Um, to play the game well, it is immensely fun and satisfying. Though S- setups a bit fiddly, uh, but playing the game once you get in the rhythm of it, it's a very good pace. You still kind of feel like you get to play your own game like you don't have to be too worried necessarily about um about every little thing like we we commented on the fact that you don't need to spend 20 minutes taking one turn <laughs> the game pace moves a lot faster than that mm-hmm. but certainly yeah, for the most part a, a, you can you can plan out your turns for the most and, part and execute but, yeah. on those in a bit of a vacuum yeah but certainly there is a moment um there are still those moments where you get to have those really deep, like strategic, like forks in the road of what do I do? The Mm -hmm. good thing is there's always something to be done. And that's, what's great too. I don't know that I ever, uh, we've only played two games so far. I don't think at any point I felt like stuck necessarily. I felt a little stuck at the beginning of the rail era on the last game we played, but I, sure. I recognize that we could have. There was an action that we that neither one of us took very often in either one of the two games. I think we both only took it once in both games. Uh, we that we could have done to help with maybe some of that stuff. But yeah, it's it's really it's a really cool um, it's a really cool game. And and again, the artwork is incredible on it. The 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 resources if you get the deluxe version are are fantastic. I only have a couple of issues with. Um, like I think they could have enhanced it in a couple of areas, especially for the deluxe version. It would have been nicer to have a dual-layered um, tableau or a dual-layered board where some of these pieces would sit, like, nestled down into it like Scythe, Scythe. is um, mm. and some of these other ones. But uh, but besides that... Like, Terraforming Mars, I think, does that as well. So besides that, like, I have nothing but good things to say about this game. It's going gonna, it's gonna to set you back about an hour, or it's going to set you back about two hours minimum to play i think yeah mm-hmm. our first playthrough was like it was four three and hours, a half hours but yeah. <laughs> but we were reading and learning the rules yeah lauren i was gonna we are going to invite you we're gonna be uh hanging out with the community manager from Keymaster games doing oh, cool. a bit of board gaming and we were gonna invite you to join we were gonna do uh, uh a couple rounds of brass birmingham in the very near future awesome yeah sounds fun so yeah i i would say uh anybody to anybody who's um who wants a little bit of a challenge, but ultimately a very, like Patrick said, a very satisfying 
gameplay. Uh, this is for you. Um, it, it's absolutely fantastic. It's put out by Roxley Games. There's a link to it in the show notes to get the deluxe version. Um, and uh, who knows, maybe we'll do a more public, um, an open play with with a couple people because uh, you can play it digitally as well. You can play it on Tabletop Simulator and nice. uh, and Tabletopia probably as well. So anyway, uh, that's it for me, which I think means that's it for this episode. I think we I think we managed to get through everything. Fantastic, guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's go ahead and roll our dice, and then we can do our outro. How about how about you guys think to say about that? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> Eighteen. Eighteen. You have film. Hey, that's nice. Ooh, I mean, I wish not bad. I wish this could have um, a waited week later. Literally one more week, because then yeah. we're gonna get Cruella. And uh, what's the other film that we get, Andrew? Uh, oh, we get uh, Quiet Place 2. Yeah, Quiet Place 2. Oh. So There's some movies early. that are getting ready to come out. That's great. Okay, yeah, movies Laura, are coming out again. All right. Why don't you roll for us? Oh, what did you get as your oh, modifier, yeah, what was your, Patrick? What was your modifier? Oh, okay. We still do that on this show? All right. I didn't remember. <laughs> I knew that you had said maybe we were going to do away with that because it was too complicated. Ooh, I got books. I'm excited. And one, so past books. My nice. modifier was a four. So I still will talk about Cruella, even though it hasn't come out yet. Nice. That's good. That's good. You can be All predictive. Right. Uh, I rolled a seven. Seven. TV. And a three. And a three. Right. TV from the future. Future. Nope. Yes. And movies and books. Man, we are covering all the genres. And we uh, all yeah. got such good topics. I know. Mm-hmm. All right. Like media day. <laughs> we, uh... We are celebrating a new patron in this episode. Patrick, uh, why don't you tell the world just how you pronounce this person's name? Absolutely. His name is Peter Hambusi. 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 That's Peter. Peter H. <laughs> so Peter H. is the newest patron. Thanks for joining uh, the patron. I hope you wanted your name to be said because it uh, it is now. Said. And I hope you wanted your your name butchered because <laughs> that's how <laughs> it is also now butchered. Uh, you know, I meant to start this episode with my around the table. Um, you did. Okay, good. <laughs> I just wanted. I meant to guilt and shame people into uh, liking and leaving reviews. You know, the last review. This is incredible to me. The la- I think with COVID, people. Uh, stopped traveling to the uh, Apple, the I guess like the podcast store. Is it called the store? Yeah, the podcast uh, store. Nobody goes to the podcast store anymore. Uh, the last review left was left left by Mariana, and it was left. Uh, it says a, a year ago. Wow. No one has left it. Now we've gotten ratings since then. Okay. But uh, keyboards are apparently um. It might be a bridge too far well, for our audience. I don't know. Maybe their batteries died and they couldn't go buy new ones. Yeah, it could. I, do you find that designers don't use keyboards for the most part? Uh, I've never used a keyboard. <laughs> okay, <laughs> maybe that's it. Maybe in designer culture, keyboards just aren't that big of a thing. But I, I had intended mm-hmm. on talking about the importance of 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 Patreon of su- of supporting what goes on. Um, and then I also intended to uh, really guilt people for not leaving ratings and reviews. So if you've listened to the show for a while and you haven't left a rating, rating and review, uh, then please do. I don't want to do it. But if we have to start this whole, like, smash, like, and subscribe, if we have to do that, if that's what it takes, then ultimately we're not above that. 
Yeah, I am. But Patrick, I would will like do it. to believe we could just yeah. have like a serious talk every now and then, get it out of the way. But it is something that is necessary for us, and uh, we're gonna get really annoying with it really soon. Well, I just think here's the thing: we we need to put this out there again for people who might not have known. If you leave a review, we will read it on air. And true. if you give Patrick a stated accent to read it in, or he Lauren. will have to do so. So, <laughs> or uh, her or him. And that's what's out there. So go to mofone.network to find show notes and links about all the stuff that we talked about in this episode. Uh, while you're there, you can get some fun stuff. You can get stickers, pins. You can get uh, on the Slack channel. You can get uh, other things. There's lots of stuff. <laughs> just go check it out. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of the Slack channel, just go to uh, mofone.network slash Slack. I think that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, You'll sure. find it. Just find the logo. Um, but there's lots mm-hmm. of people in there having conversations day in and day out, and it's a lot of fun. Lots of cool stuff in there. Um, but I think... Oh, wait, no. You've got one more thing coming up this Friday. Oh, yeah, duh. Do you want to talk about it? You go for it. All right. This Friday will be the next drawing board. Um, Andrew's going to take over the secondary spot with Doc, and they're going to be talking all about hidden leaders. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, so we teased it on this last episode, but we are, yeah, this Friday, uh, you get to hear a little bit more about the game Hidden Leaders, a little bit deeper um, down that rabbit hole, and Doc is going to be drawing and inking and coloring, so I think Mm -hmm. there's going to be a combination between Procreate and uh, Photoshop. I know he put out a little bit of a survey on uh in our slack channel so uh yeah it's gonna be a good one and and those Mm -hmm. those drawing boards are always a great time for community and conversation and then doc is just obviously he's a stellar boy he is a stellar (laughs) boy stellar boy um all right yeah thank you for reminding us of that that's this friday okay we are gonna hop out of this episode now though i am andrew i'm lauren and i'm patrick Peace. Ow, 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 ow. Adios. <laughs>